0: Seek the forest treasure
1: Welcome to you are not alone you are not alone is a 1v1 horror actual play podcast i'm blaine your host an rpg loving friend if you like the podcast please consider rating and reviewing it on your favorite podcatcher it really helps other folks find us if you want to recommend a game be a guest or just say hi you can find me on twitter at not alone underscore you can also email me at you are not alone at gmail.com i would love to hear from you this is the last episode of our troll hands takeover Last episode, we started playing Gabriel Robinson's game Candlelight. Candlelight is a rooted and trophy game about the ghosts of treasure hunters trying to escape the forest that they died in. We are using Madeline Ember's trophy incursion, Shiver, as the basis for our story. Candlelight and Shiver are both available over on itch.io, and you should check them out. In the first episode, we met Elena, a girl sent out by her village to find the mythical Everspring, in hopes of saving her village from starvation. Elena found the Everspring, but wasn't able to escape with her life. Now, as a ghost, she's trying to find some way to still bring food back to her village. This episode features themes of extreme hunger and starvation. Let's jump in.
2: And maybe that's easier to, to leave yourself there. Uh, resting peacefully, kind of wreathed, not not overgrown as much as just beautifully wreathed in frost and surrounded by... This orchard, which is still full of both ripe apples and fruit of every kind, and the blossoms of those fruits, it's sort of like this perpetual abundance. It's always spring and summer and every season at once here in the ever spring.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that. At least makes it a slightly more relieving mm-hmm. way to to leave. Mm-hmm. And maybe some hope that even if I'm not going to be buried in my community, and even if the animals in this area don't really need an additional food source, there's some potential way for me to maybe join this area, my body, at least my body to join this area in the way that it would have if it was buried in the community. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think is part of this too, and feel free to, jump in and take any of this over but with that being a desperate prayer i think it's almost like this glimpse of the abundance and fertility that is really what you were seeking here the at the center of the orchard it is almost like the the hanging fruits and flowers and the branches kind of sway a little bit as if there's a a wind and they kind of draw together and form this face for a moment and it's a benevolent face of a goddess looking down on you for just a moment and you almost see like the hint of a smile just a, a bit of a promise that if you continue you you may yet fulfill that drive and, and aid your community and you just know for a moment that you you are glimpsed out here even though you're the only floating spirit you can see your, your witness for a moment and that gives you this glimmer of hope and I think the way that manifests as well is, in your wake, as you pass along the snow, if we were to see this from a distance, there'd be little blossoms, like from fruit trees that fall in your path behind you along the snow. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think that, that is good. So that, I think that's the the end of the first, first gate or ring. You pass through the, the orchard away from the ever spring. And on your way out, from those animals that you had kind of drawn from their warmth, you see tucked into the hollow of this tree that's been kind of charred and struck by lightning, there's the bodies of a rabbit and a fox that are curled up together, slumbering peacefully, whether they're still alive or if they've also passed away. They seem to be curled up side by side peacefully. As you go further into the woods... You see how the the trees have been kind of stripped of their bark, as if desperate beasts have been clawing at them, trying to get to the amber sap, which glistens on the naked boughs. And this, even in your spirit form, you can tell the sap is sweet, like caramel, but with a sharp flavor. And you see ahead of you this groggy, thin bear that's digging at the roots of trees and in this winter time you know it should be hibernating and it's dim but it's you know it still hasn't put on enough weight to properly hibernate and it's still pitifully pawing around and moaning and searching for food and reminds you of those who wait for you back home who are probably starving as well and as you get further into the woods you hear this deep rumbling sound stomping on the ground and you're reminded that not so long ago Uh, You passed this way. You were chased by this enormous beast with its big hooked tusks protruding from matted brown fur. You again can smell somehow the smell of its acrid sweat, thick mud, overpowering. And somehow you know that even in, in your spirit form, this creature can see you and remembers that it chased you not so long ago and turns itself once more towards you. So it's kind of up to you how you might try to pass by the spirit. Uh, this it's now sort of a, still a threat in a a spirit form.
1: Yeah. I think there's, I I think Elena kind of hesitates for a moment, still kind of being unsure of the rules of spirit. Mm -hmm. And like, for a moment, kind of thinking like, oh, like, this was a thing of the physical world. There's no way that it could it could hurt me. And then realizing that just kind of in, in the the core of whatever my being is now, that there is somehow, I just know that there is a way that this thing can hurt me. I
2: kind of have an idea for a flashback here. If you, you want okay. to see how, because I think as you're wondering that you see that it kind of lifts its head up and its maw, its its head is kind of sticking through the trees and its maw is bloody and it's eating the, the body of something or someone. But you also see somehow in this the spirit form of yours in this limbo that it's also seeming to like consume light from this body. It's not just the physical essence, but it is like swallowing light from this thing as it feasts on its life form. And that's maybe how you know that it could just swallow you as well. But it might be interesting to see the flashback kind of how this went before, if you want to.
1: Yeah. I like that idea. That is a slightly terrifying thought.
2: (laughs) So I'm going to scroll back up here to, flashbacks So it's it's basically another risk roll. Spend all this time making the game and not scrolling through it later. <laughs> so So this is when you're asking what happened here. And I'm just gonna say this is one of your companions that fell here on the on the the way towards the Everspring. And they didn't make it as far as you. But somehow you did. And you make a risk roll, so again you can bring in any of your skills that might be relevant, and you can also invoke a desperate prayer, and we kind of see the result. So you might learn something that aids you going forward and even find hope in it. Okay. The risk is that it will increase your despair if it goes higher. The dark die goes higher.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to think if any of my skills make sense here. I guess like traditions could make sense if we had like if our village has stories about whatever this creature is.
2: Oh, that could be interesting.
1: Because I feel like if there's this like big thunderous creature that runs through the woods, like we're close enough that we had to have experienced that before, mm-hmm. even if it's just the signs of it,
2: right? Or maybe hunters have seen it or claim to have seen it.
1: Yeah, it could be like a cryptid. Mm-hmm sort of, for our community that maybe most most people think it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's cool. Because I do think, like, uh, the idea of this creature that eats both body and soul mm-hmm. is to a community, like, going back to our burial traditions, to a community that buries their dead in a way to, like, have them cyclically live with us for ages to come. Mm. Like, the idea of something that consumes both body and soul is, like, the most terrifying concept Mm -hmm. because it consumes not just the body that we would bury but then also like the thing that would kind of live on with us
2: absolutely i mean that's kind of this abomination in a way too it just seems so wrong if it prevents you know your ancestors from passing on in that way from being sustained it just would erase you in a way
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a a true death Mm -hmm. for those who almost like, I I imagine it almost like a bogey story Mm -hmm. of like, you know, if you like, we tell it to our kids, if you go out in the woods, this creature will eat you. And like, there's no way for us to remember you Mm -hmm. if you're consumed by this creature.
2: Yeah, that that is horrifying on both levels there. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that would make perfect sense for uh, traditions. It's a dark die for, again, for facing this tragic path.
1: I feel like, and I don't like, I don't want to be doing all of these desperate prayers,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but I also feel like Elena seeing one of her companions being consumed by this Mm -hmm. would be Like she, it is a desperate moment Mm -hmm. to like remember what happened and maybe find a way to like chase it off before it finishes eating my companion.
2: Mm -hmm. So this is one thing I'm realizing there's probably a few ways we could use roles in this scenario, but I was picturing the, the flashback part being kind of seeing what happened and uh, if you get, learn more from it, so you don't have to do this all in one roll, you could definitely then use one of your dirges or try to do something about it.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah. I think that, that would be the desperate prayer moment. Okay. Then This probably is less of a desperate prayer. Sure. So so that is not. Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think my despair goes up at least. <laughs> Uh, I got a one on my light die and a two on my dark die.
2: Okay. Yeah. So things, (laughs) yeah, it's not good, but you don't necessarily learn something new about what happened. I think what's bad about it is you can't even tell which of your companions it is because it has been eating their head first and you can't even Mm -hmm. see their face and you, Looking back on these fleeting moments, you were able to get ahead of the group and you didn't even have a chance to see who was keeping pace with you or not. But you, you know, this does remind you that you're the only one who was able to make it to the Everspring and you're the only one left who might be able to still do something for your village. But seeing that you, you still, you know, you have, you feel these powers kind of seething within your your form these different dirges if you want to use them you can also just try to escape and and slip by how do you want to approach this next
1: i uh, yeah i think i mean this dirge i think it makes too much sense not to try because mm-hmm. i think at this moment like fully remembering that like this beast is kind of our like hellish satan figure like that which consumes and erases our people Mm -hmm. and seeing that, like, I can't even tell who it is. And so like, not only will they not be buried with our people, not only may they be consumed entirely, but like, I can't even add them to our people's hymn Mm -hmm. because I don't know who it is. And like, maybe later I'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like if I find our other companion, process of elimination but i don't i think that's too logical for what elena is feeling right Mm -hmm. now so i think i think i'm just gonna let out this kind of like awful horrendous keening wail Mm -hmm. of like my memory is starting to fail me which means i'm probably slipping even further from life and this is just such on every level humanly possible, what's happening to my companion is an abomination. And I think I'm gonna try to use how to like scare this creature off.
2: Perfect. So it's a dark dive for the dirge. Yeah. And then it's again it's a risk rule because I think what's at stake is if it is drawn to you instead, it may try to again swallow what essence you have left, prey upon you instead.
1: Yeah, so that's definitely bad.
2: I mean, I would say hymns could make sense, or traditions I've as you've already mentioned, would would make perfect sense too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think probably rely like leaning a little heavier on the traditions of like knowing what what awaits whatever is left of my companion. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is definitely a desperate prayer. Like Elena is just so distraught that like what whatever would answer her Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like all that matters is saving what is left of my companion's body Mm -hmm. all right let's let's hope this goes better than that last (laughs) oh well uh that's a six but it's on the dark
2: wow okay (laughs) so i mean With a six, you you do succeed. However, and so here's the thing that does increase your hope, and I want to have you describe that part. It also increases your despair, and then we'll get. I think we'll get to that second. So okay, that's the fun thing is both can happen at once.
1: Yeah, that is really that's awesome. (laughs) So what is
2: yeah this thing this beast? And if you want to add more to its description from your traditions, I think as it turns to, to face you hearing this, how you see it pushes itself through the trees, steps over your companion's body and drops them, but you now see its full form. Are there any other details from the stories that you now that are sort of confirmed that you see are true or things that are different in its shape?
1: So I think the one thing that is, that is true from our stories that like, all of us kind of thought, oh, like, uh, that that's silly. That couldn't possibly be mm-hmm. true. Is that this creature, like, as bestial as it is, it has human eyes, mm. which now seeing that that is actually true makes this creature kind of even more horrifying because there's a there's an intelligence in the eyes mm-hmm. that reveals that, like, this isn't just some beast that consumes and ends. It, it knows what it's doing, mm-hmm. which makes it like if it's just a beast and it's just following its beastly inclinations, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But to know that it is aware of what it does and it continues to do that. Yeah. Feels just so much worse. Mm-hmm.
2: Reminded me of the bear in Annihilation that's so terrifying with those human eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's your dirge drives it away. That was your goal, right? Yes. Yeah, so it something in just the sheer, the onslaught of all the emotion you unleashed, the desperation, the, the anger, I think like the righteous anger at seeing it, it, trying to devour your companion and knowing what that means to your community. It kind of rears back in surprise. And I think it, it it turns its head from you as if it's hearing something else. Maybe it's the echo of your your dirge or it's some other voice in the woods, but it turns and charges back into the undergrowth away from you. I think so your hope goes up because of the six and because of preventing oh, right. that from devouring your companion. I think as you get closer you'll be able to see which one of your companions it was, or at least identify their clothing or something like that. Do you want to name who that person was?
1: Yeah, let's say Mikhail. Mm. And I think maybe, uh, I don't want to say sibling, but maybe, uh, like, I think maybe he was my cousin. Mm-hmm. Some some next tier out relation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like kind of one of the ways that this, this hope manifests is that like the scream itself slowly starts to morph into an actual, actual comprehensible speech. Mm-hmm. And it's me singing that hymn of our people. I add his name to the end.
2: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. At the same time, yeah, because, because it was the dark die, your despair does go up. And what does that put you at despair wise?
1: That's a four. Again,
2: <laughs> again, we're starting with all the the horror at the start.
1: Yeah. Um still still a little anxiety in this <laughs> thing being in the second scene two thirds of the way there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I should mention I want to describe that a little more, but there's a mechanic built into where It encourages you to role play as a spirit, basically, and you can haunt the forest. So you can, in Trophy Dark, it's the reduction rule. Basically, you can try to roll under your despair by doing things kind of like you already did. But basically, by trying to sort of shake off that despair, might be stirring the the growth around you, um, letting out more whales, just basically being a terror of the forest to kind of throw it out there into the environment. That's-
1: yeah, I love that mechanic as a, as a twist on the trophy. Like the reduction role in trophy is you acting in the interest of the forest, mm-hmm. and in this, it's just like it's you being a ghost, <laughs> right? Yes, and kind of accepting that 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 ghosthood. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to wait for one more despair sure. if we get there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I just want to mention um, that's that's always there too.
1: But I have a feeling already being at Ford Despair that <laughs> that it's going to happen.
2: <laughs> so further tempting you, though, you – I think mentioned before you had that, that ravenous hunger that was growing. And one of the things you see on the ground next to Mikhail is a spilled small satchel he was carrying. And there's a few of these figs that are spilled out on the ground that are glazed in honey that – Part of you starting to remember, maybe you saw them earlier in your journey, but it's not quite coming back to you yet, except that maybe they belong to someone else. And that hunger kind of ravenous hunger comes back to you again, realizing you can't physically taste food that you will never taste something as delicious as that ever again. And again, this this decadent, you know, treat spilled out onto the snow when people are starving back home I think further deepens that that feeling of hunger is there any other dirge that comes to mind that you want to add
1: so I'm looking at the list and I feel like based on this moment and sort of both the hope and despair of it maybe maybe taking veil okay not not because i don't know i don't know if i'll ever actually necessarily use that particular ability i might i mean who knows what's going to come up but i feel like having having gained that despair trying to protect the body of a companion from this like weird part spirit part physical beast mm-hmm. the idea of a power that conceals a person or object from spirits makes sense as sort of like a, a power that grew out of that moment
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And as you feel that new power combining with the others surging within, you feel it's almost like it's coming up from the roots under all the snow. you drawing on it, making you stronger in a way, even though it's also trying to pull you back and bind you to this place. But it's another thing you realize you can way you can exert your will on the world, even though you don't have a physical form. You hear this voice in the distance once more and you realize this is maybe what had also drawn the attention of the beast, even as it kind of reared back and was driven away from your howl. And you hear a voice from the forest calling out to you and and begging for you to return home. And you recognize this is someone from your village who's come looking for you and they sound afraid. They... They sound pretty desperate. It's bitterly cold out here. Even as a spirit, you feel or imagine you feel like the cold wind blowing through you, the emptiness. And you worry that perhaps this family member or this relative of yours is going to meet your same fate. Is there anyone you want to name from the village who may have come
1: looking for you? I think I think it's my little sister. Hmm. And we'll say her name is Natalia. Hmm.
2: She's, is she, how young is she, would you say?
1: I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think like terribly no. young, like maybe 14 or 15. Okay. So
2: just, yeah, a few years younger than you, maybe.
1: Yeah. Not, not, we're not super far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like a, a child wandering <laughs> sure. into the woods. Uh, she is one of our, one of the village's more capable hunters. Mm-hmm. But still, this forest is so cold right now and so dangerous that even as capable as she is, it could still take Mm her.
2: So that you hear her somewhere from within the forest and you know that that's the direction the beast went towards as well. So that is one one thing to follow. One other thing, I want to come back to that desperate prayer, that part of your, your howl your sort of righteous anger at seeing this beast devour your your cousin, but also just hoping that some other power would aid you when you felt so powerless. That sense of hunger, that ravenous emptiness, you feel it again with the cold wind blowing through you back towards the path you walked. And kind of almost on the edges of your vision, you see this form of like shards of icicles and frost angles kind of edging into your vision. And I'm scrolling down to one of these tables. I just want to read this because it's one of my favorite parts of the game, the table for ancient entities and their worship. And um, Jamila Najati feel really lucky that they wrote something for my game here.
1: Yeah, that's Jamila does such awesome work.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of their work. They, um, it's the sleeping knife is what has awoken in response to your dirge. I'm just going to read the description. That sounds bad. She's <laughs> angles and lines, dragging a cloak of rusty knives behind her. Her voice is the sound of a blade against stone. She will cut away all that holds you to this world. I'm envisioning it, though, as knives made of frost and ice. And
1: Yeah, that's perfect.
2: Yeah, I think... It's not coming into words yet, but you can feel that the sleeping knife wants something from you is just as those dirges, those powers are starting to grow within you. this entity's taken notice and wants you to to cut away other living things in this forest and harvest them. it kind of senses that that's what you came here to do to bring back but it wants to, Take a hold of you and use you for its own ends. So it's something pursuing you again, and the beast pursuing your sister ahead of you in the forest. And with that, we've come to the end of the fourth gate. I guess this is backwards, sorry. The second gate. <laughs> Ring four.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like knowing that Natalia is in the woods mm-hmm. and that the beast is headed in her direction I feel like as as sort of existentially terrifying as the sleeping knife is mm-hmm. I think that I would just take a brief look at, at her and then just bolt mm-hmm. in the path that the beast is cutting through the woods mm-hmm
2: that that brief glance back you see those those angles and lines they were on the edges of your vision almost like this vast cloak of hers this patchwork of frost and icicles and needle-like teeth made of ice and just everything manifesting is sharp and cutting and just looming behind you wanting to cut away the life force in front of you and then you flee but she's taken notice of you whatever that means or doesn't mean moving Further along, you see in the snow underneath you, it's, it's trampled and mud-like. There's places where the, the ice has frozen into puddles and been shattered. Um, you recall that there was that stampede of beasts that had kind of rushed past you towards the Everspring. But it's empty and barren now. And as you look for your sister, you feel the wind now, almost like memories of sensations coming back to you. But the wind blowing low and hollow through the branches of the trees and you kind of stir to a memory of what it was like to be warm, what it was like to have a a belly full of warm, delicious dinner and to be able to listen to the wind outside. Again, that feeling of ravenous, empty hunger and desperation to find your way out of here. I think what you come across next is the circle of a, what used to be your cooking fire. And I think it's up to you if you want to, if you think your other companion may have made it here or not, or if you want to come back to this and search for your sister. It sounds like that's where you were going. I Realized I kind of introduced the next things, but I didn't want to leave that thread either.
1: Yeah, I think maybe what might be interesting is. Maybe uh, maybe my other companion died at this spot so his body is still here. Mm, okay. I'm trying to think of like what what might get me to stop.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Even if it's just for a moment. Yeah. So maybe they died in the night either of hunger or cold. Whatever I I feel like that whatever is more interesting for you as far as painting this picture.
2: I think I think you find the the cold like it's it's like a lean-to that you made out of some branches you're able to gather as a group and there's like a little bit of hollow in the snow you're able to kind of huddle and maybe make a tiny campfire but there's faint tracks leading away from that in a spiral out from from that shelter and i think you're able to drift across the snow pretty swiftly as a spirit and follow those tracks. And it's where you find your companion resting under a tree. I think the memory might be coming back to you of encountering this when you were living, but they seem to have wandered off in the night away from your warmth and campfire. And you never really quite figured out why you see them resting under the tree, eyes closed, almost like a contented smile on their face. Somehow as if they'd had a really good meal, um, is there any evidence that you see around them that you, they may have eaten something in the woods or um, anything else you like to add to the scene?
1: I feel like maybe I, I like, I like the idea of uh, with this, this kind of concept of like kind of willow wisps that lead mm-hmm. people off into the woods and they find themselves kind of lost and feeling full. But like willow wisps are so much about like illusion an illusion that leads you to your death sort of so i, I kind of like the idea of maybe maybe the evidence of like what they've eaten is that there are like their hands are kind of like bloody and raw and maybe some of the fingernails are ripped out and kind of to either side of them there are these areas of snow and dirt beneath it with blood stains around showing that like what, what they actually filled themselves with was just snow and dirt and they dug up handfuls of it despite the blistering cold and maybe there's some, some dirt around their lips Mm -hmm. showing this kind of fake meal that they gorged themselves on.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. So this, this is another reckoning because it is horrifying to, again, see how they wandered off and you and your other companion weren't able to save them. You don't understand why. But at the same time, there's this odd, peaceful look on their face. Whatever happened, they died more peacefully than your other companion. And so hope or could, or despair could come out of this. But I want to have you make that roll to see what happens.
1: All right, let's see. Please don't <laughs> forget that guy. <laughs> I rolled a three. Okay. So I think that's it's less than my despair, so I don't think my despair goes up. Right.
2: So, yes. So lower than your despair, your hope increases. So oddly, is there any other reason than what I've described that that might give you a sense of hope? At least they seem to have died peacefully.
1: Yeah, I I think that's really what it comes down to, because there's... I mean, despair, there's despair in all of this death for me, not just because of the death, Mm -hmm. because we've died outside of the village. Mm -hmm. But I think that this, this knowing that there was at least peace to their passing Mm -hmm. and that the beast hasn't gotten them. Right. I feel like is the at least one small mercy amidst all of this.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you want to name this companion as well?
1: Yeah, let's. In a vague, vaguely Eastern European theme here, hmm. let's call him Piotr. Okay. So yeah, knowing that Piotr at least died in some some blissful way, at least at least feeling full, if not actually being full, hmm. is a, is a small mercy.
2: Yeah, it's an odd reminder of what you would hope. To find what you—not—not not in death, but at least that like memory of being peaceful and having a full meal—at least Pyotr believed that's what he had experienced, even as he faded away in the the cold night. I think you still hear again that voice of your sister calling out, and you hear another voice responding to her, arguing, shouting back, "It's mine! You can't have it! Nobody can take it from me!" Just shouting kind of savagely, desperately, if you float towards that voice drifting over the snow, you see a woman you've encountered before. It's She's standing at the edge of a, a path in the forest with a black cloak, very, very pale, skin bloodless. Her fingers look also almost like they're turning blue, like she's starting to freeze, but she's clutching a bag to her chest, and you see your sister standing across from her this woman seems threatened by her or perceiving that she's threatened and she's clinging to this bag as if she's afraid that then Natalia will will take this food from her or something and you remember in your journey on the way to the Everspring this was Emily the the daughter of the old woman from the very start of your journey which we'll get to who is supposed to also bring back food to her village But do you see her kind of swinging, clawing at your sister in desperation, either trying to drive her away or you're not really sure what else? What do you do?
1: I think there's this this sort of immediate fear for my sister, obviously. But at least in this moment, I I think particularly with the hope that I, I am continuing to carry forward that fear is at least tempered slightly by like, A, this isn't the beast. Mm-hmm. And B, remembering that like this woman's quest, uh, Emily's quest was the same as mine. So I think I'm able to like, I think I'm able to hold back my initial reaction, which is to just hurt her mm-hmm. because that's what I want to do to protect my sister. But I'm able to kind of keep that at bay. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, in addition to that, there's the hunger and I just feel that welling up inside me. But I think what I want to try to do is maybe use Tangle mm-hmm. to find a way to hold Emily in place so that my sister can escape. But it also doesn't necessarily kill her. Okay. Yeah. Because I would like, uh, as in, in hopes that possibly Emily might be able to return home and obviously there's trauma here that's going to be that will need to be dealt with mm-hmm. but the possibility of her returning home to her her people with food right means i don't think i like i don't think despite the urge <laughs> urge there i don't want to kill
2: her mm-hmm. that makes sense so to use a dirge it would be a dark die right away yeah and then skills
1: I could see. I mean, growth. If I'm trying to entangle her in some way, yeah. I and mean, even maybe healing, because I'm trying to not to do this in such a way as to like offer her a chance mm-hmm. to not carve to on. mend herself.
2: Yeah, I think growth makes a lot of sense with tangle.
1: Okay, excellent. And then I don't. I don't think this is a desperate prayer.
2: I think. And I think also, and this is very loose interpretation, but from the past desperate prayer, like the responses to them, you might get something different. But you also know that not far away, the the sleeping knife is aware of you and wants you to do certain things, which might not be what you're trying to do right now. So that could be a, you could still, yeah. it could just be a risk if that draws that specific entity to you again
1: yeah I feel like in this moment, if it, like I said if if I had come upon Natalia being attacked by the beast, I feel like I would be more desperate. But I think that there's at least Elena has some some control of herself in this
2: moment. so things things that could go wrong, I think one, the tangle might affect them both, or it doesn't successfully tangle her as much as you'd hoped. Anything else?
1: Yeah, I think both of those are me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, possibly also it could enrage her further, yeah. which I don't like. Who knows what that could end up meaning? If she has like a knife or something, she could throw it at. It could escalate the situation in a way right. that I don't. I, I'm hoping to do the opposite right. of. Right. All right, let's see these dice. <laughs> uh so that is a that is another six on the dark die.
2: Wow. Okay. And that's the highest.
1: Rate. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm succeeding at things. True, yeah, but not necessarily in the way I want to be.
2: I think going with the dark dye. I think, I think what happens again, uh, if you want to change this, feel free. We can adjust it. But I, I do think that you succeed, but it it overgrows her completely. It goes further than you intended, and the this dirge actually starts the plants start to dig into this woman and start to drain her life in the process. It does more than just entangle her.
1: Yeah. I think that makes sense. And I think with like this hunger that I'm feeling and the whispers of the whispers of the sleeping knife Mm -hmm. and all of this, like I, I think Elena hoped she was in control in this moment, but like, her anger could have definitely gotten the best of her and gone too far with mm-hmm. it. So I think that makes I think that's a good that makes a lot of sense.
2: So I think so I mean yeah you succeed this is another one where you gain hope because you did protect your sister, but with that dark die rolling the highest, this again increases your despair. And I think just as you described, it's that that ravenous hunger and that entity wanting you, pushing behind you to cut away and consume life and sever it from the world. Maybe pushing you a little too far in that moment. That does, does that bring you to five despair?
1: It does.
2: (laughs) So for the moment, if you want to, I guess we could do this either way. You could add another dirge for now, or if you wanted to try to reduce that by haunting, we could do that first.
1: Let's, I guess let's take a dirge for now. And I'm going to think about If I, because I like, I need, (laughs) I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to try and reduce Mm -hmm. that. But I need to think about like how I want to try that. Yeah. Uh,
2: The other thing I didn't mention, but it's pretty open ended as far as when you reduce your despair. You have to give up one of your dirges, but it doesn't really matter which. So it's kind of thematically what makes sense to you.
1: Okay. I think, kind of thinking thematically. Mm -hmm. Now that I actually, like, I'm standing here and I see my sister, I think I'm going to take it in habit. Cool. Because, uh, like, right now the kind of top thing on Elena's mind is, like, now that I've found my sister, I need to find a way to communicate with mm-hmm. her to let her know that she needs to leave. So I don't know what that looks like yet. Sure. But, like, I think that that is kind of the the, the driving... Goal for Elena right now is to find a way to get her to leave and inhabit it feels like a way that maybe I can do that.
2: Yeah, I like that. I think also as a consequence of this, I think Natalia, your sister, sees this this woman who is growing increasingly desperate and almost feral, just like purely instinctive, just clutching this whatever was in her bag to her and looking like she was getting ready to attack your sister like a cornered animal really all of a sudden, what does that, that dirge look like? I sort of started to describe it for you, but what does it look like when that tangle grows over her?
1: So I think, I think to kind of change, like play around with the the concept of tangle Mm -hmm. at least based on, based on the way that I died. I think, I think tangle is sort of, it's a like freezing spell Cool Mm -hmm. for me. So like, as this woman is screaming, Maybe it starts with like her extremities that are already very cold. Mm-hmm. Like a thin layer of frost begins to crawl up her arms. Mm-hmm. And like she's very animated and excited. So like as she's moving her arms, there's this like crackling sound as her arms start to stiffen. And the same thing is happening with her legs. This frost is kind of moving up them. And that's kind of where Elena had hoped to stop it. Mm-hmm. But between her anger and this being a new power and all of the confusion and rage and sadness she's feeling right now, I think you just see the frost begin to continue to consume Emily. Mm
2: -hmm. And you see as she kind of freezes in place there at the end, maybe still – maybe – like the animals at the start kind of settling into this almost hibernation as her body becomes colder and slows down her hand that was grasping that bag. It slips from her hand and falls on the ground. And you see that it's empty, that it was what she was hoping to fill with food. She didn't even have food she thought was going to be stolen from her. That was her, her desperate moment and her hopes falling to the ground as well. But your sister seeing this happen maybe not quite realizing the source of it, I think flees from the scene as well, running back the way she came or at least into the forest again. And you can continue to get closer to her, but that's going to bring us, I think I would like to have that bring us back towards that campfire touch on that scene again. Okay. I also just want to again, mention you can haunt at any point because you are at five to spare because if you encounter something else that may bring that up to 6 so just keep that in mind too
1: yeah yeah i feel like the campfire might end up being a good place to try and do okay. that having like a moment of respite to try and kind mm-hmm. of figure everything out
2: i think that's where you find her actually as you you might be kind of following her trying to keep pace or trying to i don't know communicate or at least do whatever you can to protect her in your current form but i mm-hmm. think Somehow she stumbles across that shelter that your companions made and is huddling there. There's snow that's fallen on the ground since, but she's just seems to be in shock for a moment. Of just this seems to be maybe the first supernatural thing she's seen in the forest on her own journey and has found the same shelter where you and your companions rested overnight. There's that cold hollow of ash on the ground where your campfire was. And she's sitting there, and you can see from a distance, a little bit further away from this campfire, there's a briar with bright red berries, and there's the bodies of a dozen small birds who desperately were looking for food as well and seem to have eaten this poisonous fruit. And The snow here is thick and, and kind of wet, but do you have a moment to return to the site of that campfire, or at least to where your sister's huddling, if you want to?
1: Yeah. So I think there's maybe there's a moment where I approach my sister and I reach out and like still grappling with the fact that I'm a spirit. Like I reach out and I try and like touch her hair and brush it like I would to calm her in the past. Mm -hmm. And obviously I just nothing like my hand slips through it and sort of, Sadly, then, I go out to the campfire, and I sit down on one of the logs that we arranged around the fire that night that we camped here. And I keep an eye on Natalia, and I just sit there and kind of, you know, this is one of the first moments I really have to... I know my sister is safe. Mm -hmm. I know that the Beast is probably still out there somewhere, but I at least have a moment now to like think about things Mm -hmm. and maybe instead of just being purely reactionary as I have been so far, like maybe actually plan a next
2: step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You remember this is where you'd made a small fire, but it kept you and your companions warm enough during a snowstorm. And it's just a small little pile of ashes and gray snow now you see alongside that campfire, there's actually a small stream that you hadn't noticed before. But it's just a dusting of snow over ice, and a shallow stream that was frozen overnight. And you see the bodies of a few different fish who were in turn consuming smaller fish or insects. The little silver dishes of their eyes and the roundness of their open mouths seem almost comically surprised by their deaths, like they were in the act of trying to survive as well. And like many things in this landscape, the cold overcame them. Are there any other things that your companions left behind or any other moments you recall spending with them that you reflect on? What do you want to do with this moment?
1: I feel like maybe this might be a good time for a flashback <laughs> because really this camp would have been the last time that all three of us were together and alive. Mm-hmm that evening where we built the fire and cooked mm-hmm. whatever meager food we had because the next morning Piotr was dead. And then by that afternoon, Mikhail had been crushed by the beast. So I think that maybe I just sit, sit there and like really try, like it's, it's all still so hazy that maybe what I really try to do is just remember what we talked about. Mm-hmm and see if maybe there's something in there that will help me figure out what I should do next.
2: Sure. Yeah. So that would be a flashback. I mean, I think, I think actually I'm more interested in just kind of narrating this because I don't really think this was like, like the other scenes. This is not the site of a tragedy. There's not a risk here. I couldn't really see this leading to your despair necessarily i could see something going there it's also a moment if you want to reflect on things and try to release some of that despair through it i could see that working too
1: yeah maybe instead of a just straight up flashback and like we could do some flashback dialogue and talk about it but this might be a good time to try and do a
2: haunt i mean you know thinking about it too you just kind of hovering over the site trying to like you know, gently brush your sister's hair, but it's almost like the wind does it instead. And you you're hovering where you used to sit at this fire, but there's nothing. There's no way you can affect the landscape. So you are, in a way, already haunting it. Is there anything else that you try to do to the to the area? Or I'm, I'm picturing like there's the remnants of this this camping site. I think there's like something one of your companions forgot in the snow that might remind you of that last conversation
1: yeah so I think maybe like i i what I'm trying to do almost is by remembering that night, trying to like to almost bring it back into existence in some ghostly way, cool. so maybe like maybe what I see is I look down and I see the flint and steel that Piotr used to start the fire, mm-hmm. and since he disappeared in the middle of the night we didn't really think to pack it when we left in the morning and it's still there. And like, I'm trying to like make the fire manifest Mm -hmm. and like, just try to recreate the campsite the way it looked in the moments before we went to bed that night. Mm -hmm.
2: I think one thing you remember looking back on that scene was how clear the sky was and how many stars there were as you made this like kind of pitiful little campfire, you know, trying to make the sparks and and catch hold of some twigs in this little hole you dug, you glanced up and just saw the sky full of bright lights. I think you may have seen some lights in the distance or thought you did and they kind of faded away. Maybe it was just a spark from the campfire. And your companions were talking about the Everspring and the different stories around it. Were there any beliefs from your village? Were there I'm thinking of the the prophecy drive we talked about earlier? Were there any things, any reasons you believed that it was real? Because you you know, you are going out into danger to find it.
1: Yeah. So I wonder, maybe when to the f- the first thought I had is maybe there's this sort of almost like age of the world to come belief among our people mm-hmm. that if we were able to get water from the golden stream and water our our land with it, it would kind of usher in our next age and it would bring back all of those who had been buried. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. It's, it's, very, it's very much this promised land, the center of this bleak forest, and there's different versions of the story of what that river is, what the, the animals represent, what the fruit, maybe different healing properties of the water or life-sustaining powers that come from eating the fruit or the flesh of the beasts from the Everspring
1: yeah I like that I think that and I think maybe maybe before before she left, Elena had started having dreams mm-hmm. of her in the ever spring, just seeing herself being the one to collect the water, being the one to pick the fruits and bring them mm-hmm. back and she realized it was time for those things to stop just being stories we told mm-hmm and Elena had learned all of our stories and all of the stories we tell and all of the different variations of the stories that we tell in these dreams led her looking back now, potentially falsely to believe that she was the one to make them stop being stories.
2: Mm -hmm. I think as you, you recreate as you haunt and recreate that last scene of you and your companion speaking, it's almost like the spectral projection You, as you're envisioning them. There's a moment when they seem to be sitting there with you again. And it's almost like the stories you were telling in your spirit form, you're, you're seeing them take shape. Almost like seeing what may have been invisible before when you were living but every, every story your companions tell that you recall and the dreams you had, you see them manifesting kind of glowing and shimmering in the air, in the flames and the smoke of your small campfire. So I think this definitely counts as, as haunting as far as trying to find hope in this memory and kind of let some of that despair go into the landscape again, if you want to make that roll.
1: All right. Let's. The amount of sixes this dark die has rolled uh, makes me very, like, logically, I know the odds are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yep, it was another six. Right.
2: <laughs> I think there's a lot of ways to narrate from here. I think there were a couple things I want to bring in. What does that bring your hope to?
1: So my hope is four, my despair is six.
2: So amazing odds with that dice. Uh, you're,
1: yeah, that's in, I think the third or fourth, sixth in a row it's rolled.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you're lost in this reverie almost. You're seeing the stories of your companions played out, and in many ways, it's very hopeful. You're seeing them sort of given light and taking form from the flames. I think at some point you become conscious again of the passage of time because it's been very hard to tell what time of day it is, how fast time is moving in your form. And you realize it has gotten dark again during this whole time. And there's no more fire. You instead see dancing lights among the trees. Maybe what had drawn Pyotr away from your fire. And you look around, you look back to where your sister, Natalie was resting. I think what brings your despair up is that it's sort of like things literally go up in a puff of smoke. Those, all those hopeful stories and those visions of what could come to be recreated from that memory, the campfire. And then as you come back into awareness of the present world, there's no campfire and it all just vanishes and it's dark. And the cold wind blows through you again. And you feel that utter emptiness and you're still able to move through the trees, but you kind of realize that you have become a part of the landscape that everything you touch turns to cold and frost almost as if those edges of the sleeping knife are kind of moving through you. You were leaving icicles and new mounds of snow in your wake and you you see the last footprints of your sister who had wandered into the woods, covered up again as new snow falls. You can hear her off in the distance still calling for you, but you don't know if she's going the right way. If she in turn will be making her way to safety back to the village or if she will make it to the Everspring. But in some ways, you know that even if she does, she might come to a peaceful end herself. She might come to that beautiful scintillating orchard at the center of the forest and see that beauty and herself realize that it's indeed real. She might still succeed where you failed. And part of you, I think still has hope for that.
1: Thank you to Gabriel Robinson for joining us and bringing his incredible game candlelight. Thank you to Madeline Ember for shiver, the amazing incursion we used thank you to you for listening. If you like what you heard, you should pick up both games over on itch.io. Our special theme song this week is Dirge of the Lost by Sky Zents. It is the official Candlelight theme song. Thank you to Sky for letting us use it. Join me on March 19th when S. Gates joins me to play their game, Things Eldritch and Terrifying. Until then, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful, and you are not alone.
0: You who seek the forest treasure, careful of the way you go. If you seek to stay.